Hi, everybody. Welcome to another Mayfair podcast. We're here again uh, with myself, Josh. And I'm, oh, I'm Andrew. I'm Mel. <laughs> and uh, we're doing the podcast from my apartment today. Uh, kind of the beauty of the podcast. I think when we started this out, we just kind of assumed we were always going to do it at the Mayfair. But then the problem is at the Mayfair, there are movies being screened or people cleaning or various other things getting in the way. Like schedules. Schedules. <laughs> and I think, and then I think we were just like, oh, wait, we can just do this at one of our places. And it's the same technology because the miracle of the podcast is it's not like going to a radio station and sitting in a booth with all the equipment. It's Andrew's laptop and microphone and the magic of the internet. Yeah, it's a portable Probably studio. Sit, sitting on a pile of, the, the microphone is now sitting on a pile of my Muppet Blu-rays. So it's close, it's very high tech. I learned that in film school. <laughs> Uh, so let's, I wanted to kick it off just to have a point of conversation uh, with a movie that won't be screening anymore by the time this podcast gets out there, but just to have a point of conversation of the kind of cool stuff we show at the Mayfair, is I think it's a rare case where right now all three of us have seen Inherent Vice. Yeah. Yes. So we can all talk about Inherent <laughs> Vice. And then we'll talk about upcoming stuff later in the show. Uh, I saw... Uh, worthy of mention is Lee's here in spirit. I think he's a little bummed that he can't be here today. Yeah, Lee, our programmer... Sorry. Uh, will be joining us on future episodes. Yeah, or hopefully the next one. It is always a problem of getting multiple human beings at the same time in the same place. So as we record this, Lee is working. And uh, if we would have done this at the Mayfair right now, it would have just been the problem of Lee be... He'd be selling tickets. Yeah, <laughs> selling tickets and that kind of but thing. But we can work on some, like like CNN does holograms. Maybe we can yeah. do a, a, a hologram for our podcast. And uh, and I know he, he, I think, was a... I don't know if he's a fan of Inherent Vice. I know he saw it. He, I, think he, I think he enjoyed it. He saw it out of town, I believe. He saw it in New York City. Yeah, which makes it even cooler. Yeah. So I, I saw it last yeah. night um, uh, at the Mayfair, and I'm a big fan of P.T. Anderson. Uh, I love Boogie Nights. I love Magnolia. I love Punch Drunk mm-hmm. Love. Punch Drunk Love is so good. Yeah. This, Underrated, actually. Yes. That, that, that seems to be the one... Well, that and his first film, Hard Eight, aren't talked about as much as the other ones. Yeah. And I think this... Uh, inherent vice i don't know if i'm right about this but uh, it's funny that we're screening big eyes at the same time because i think big eyes is a somewhat of a non-tim burton tim burton film that a lot of critics have been saying either negatively or positively about it and this didn't at first glance this didn't feel or look like magnolia or boogie nights um it was much more i don't know much more abstract um Mm -hmm. and it's based on well there Will Be Blood was based on a book, but this one is based on a novel. Tom, Tom, Thomas Pinchon. And that was something I admit I was completely naive about, is last night I thought it was based off a book from, like, the 70s. I, I actually thought it was, like, a dime store pulp 70s book or something that came out around the time of, like, Hunter Thompson or something like that. Yeah. I and then Andrew that. said, no, it's from, like, the 2009. 2000s. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it tricked me. I, I totally... It, had, it just had the feel of one of those... Of a Hunter S. Thompson kind of Absolutely. story. Yeah. Um, and at, we enjoyed it. I went to see it with uh, my girlfriend Gwen and a uh, uh, Mayfair alum, Julia, our old, one of our old candy girls. And candy girls. Candy girls. <laughs> candy kids. <laughs> candy humans. Who, is, who has left us to make more money and be a responsible member of society. Be a grown-up. Be a grown-up. Yeah, we're not. We're totally irresponsible. That's why we work at a movie theater. Yeah. land. <laughs> Oh, Gypsy, if you're hearing puppy footsteps, that's Gypsy just came back from a walk. Um, but 
yeah, I I thought it was, I don't know, was it a film noir? It was kind of a, yeah. it was, but but yeah. not black and white and Sin City looking. A really dreamy film noir. Well, it's it's being compared to uh, The Long Goodbye, Robert Altman's. Uh, which I love. His version of a Raymond Chandler story. Yeah. Which, yeah, Long, Long Goodbye is an excellent movie. Which I think another Mayfair family member, Ian, uh, one of the co-owners, I think that's his favorite movie, The Long Goodbye. And we've screened it. Yeah. 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 I think we screened it for his birthday a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. And that was the first time I saw it. And I love that movie too. Yeah. But this, I, I admit like sometimes somebody, it was like Hitchcock or somebody said that a film, as long as there's like three or four scenes you like in it, it's a worthwhile film. And in advice, as the credit rolls, I realized I was like, I don't know if I know what just happened, <laughs> but there was a half a dozen scenes that I was really impressed with the acting or the, the cinematography mm-hmm. or, or the, 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 the plot or whatever. I loved it. I I really enjoyed it. But Do you know what I'm, happened? I'm not sure that no. I know. The <laughs> I don't movie think. See, up. see, you watch it for the first time, and your whole, you know, your whole purpose is like trying to figure out what's going on, who is who, yeah, what you know, who, you know, how is this character related to this character, you know, in terms of what they're doing. But I don't think it's meant to be taken so literally and so, you know. Yeah. And plus your main character was on drugs the whole time. Yeah. So there might have been something of that, like, is what we're watching real? Real or is he just, is this a product of him being just so high? Yeah. Yeah. And then I didn't even, I don't know if anyone else thought this, but it was it was a, a later scene in the film with uh, um, Joaquin Phoenix and Josh Brolin who I thought were great together. Yeah, very, very good together. And there was something about that scene, and I went, oh, this feels like a David Lynch movie. And there was something about a few scenes that reminded me... Is this me... the marijuana eating scene? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, it, and it felt like something that, like, like a uh, a Wild at Heart or like a Twin Peaks almost. Yeah. yeah. Of something that, again, I might not necessarily know what happened, but I enjoyed. And, and Josh Brolin and Joaquin Phoenix in those scenes, and when um, Benicio Del Toro came in as well... I was just like the audience was laughing and I was in it and there was there was great physical humor to it, but at the end, I have to read like a really big smart review that kind of dissects the the plot. I kind of wonder if I'm gonna read the book. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but I don't think the book would be any easier. No, to no, <laughs> no. I think it's. I mean, it's like the story is uh, his uh, uh, Joaquin Phoenix is this private eye. His ex girlfriend wants him to find her lover who's this like millionaire developer right who's apparently been sent off to a loony bin by his wife yes in a kidnapping yeah kidnapping plot but then there's all these other characters like owen wilson is this trumpet player and yeah he... i'm not sure what his job is. i like owen wilson too i thought he was really good he's a trumpet owen wilson said i don't think the owen wilson subplot had anything to do with no anything? he just kind of yeah. showed up every once in a while and it was enjoyable. Some, yeah. Yeah. My favorite scene, and it's a completely like non-spoiler scene because it's just a, a, a kind of a throwaway um, physical scene, but uh, Joaquin is, is, Doc, playing Doc, is walking towards a police station and he gets this really hard like hockey shoulder check and he gets like knocked over by one of the cops. Onto the ground. Onto yeah. the ground. And then the following scene, he's just taking these really wide berths around like half a dozen other police officers. I totally laughed out loud. And there's a couple of scenes like that where I'm like, oh, he's a really funny physical actor. And that's is, hard. Yeah. Like, when you're not, no dialogue, nothing like that, and just being funny and, and exuding his character. Uh, I thought he did a really good job with that. And especially on the heels of Joaquin kind of 
very diverse, like, you know, a very diverse career, but in the last couple of years, kind of doing that, doing the weird documentary, the weird, uh, um, when he went on Letterman and was pretending to retire be to be crazy. Yeah. I'm glad he's kind of back. <laughs> in the last couple of years, he's done her I, and this now. Yeah, I think actors just get really, actors like him who are a little quirky, I guess they get really bored and they're, they just want to do some sort of yeah project like that where they, yeah. they just pull the wool over everyone's eyes. and I, He did a good job. Yeah. And I always forget he that, convinced he, a lot of people. that he's uh, River's little brother. Oh, there's an oh. I my wonder... ride's here, as, as David Letterman says. <laughs> we were just joking that the only thing that might be bad for the sound here is hearing an ambulance go by or something. So I don't know if that got picked up. Um, I always forget that Joaquin is River Phoenix's little brother. Yeah. Because they're very different looking, yeah. and not they in are. a negative way. I, I, I don't think Joaquin's an unattractive fellow or anything. He's but pretty handsome. Uh, River was very kind of the you know River played young Indiana Jones, and I wouldn't picture Joaquin playing young Indiana no. Jones. <laughs> That'd be interesting. Yeah. And and so it's interesting to see see him kind of living on in the absence of his brother and thinking like of what it might have been and how he's kind of really come onto his own. And I don't think he really did. He was he's pretty much young. I think he didn't show up. Oh yeah, up, I think he's younger. He didn't show up on the scene until after River had had, yeah. had died unfortunately. Yeah. And uh and then uh so yeah, it's interesting to see him back and you know, winning awards and doing things and working with P.T. Anderson and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And I think there was a rumor next... I think he almost signed up to play Doctor Strange mm-hmm. for Marvel Comics, which would have been strange. Would have been... <laughs> no well, people, people said that about Robert Downey Jr. playing Iron Man. They were like, what? Yeah. Yeah. But I, th- I think now actors can kind of go back and forth to kind of mainstream and alternative or independent stuff better than they... or easier than they did before Once Upon a Time. Mm-hmm. Like an action hero in the 80s or 90s, like you wouldn't have pictured Arnold Schwarzenegger doing small independent roles. But now you can have um, your Robert Downey Jr.'s kind of, although he's in like the Iron Man world right now, he's kind of still goes back and forth a little bit. Um, Yeah. Okay, yeah, so Inherent Vice. So that's one that we've all seen. We all give the thumbs up to you. Well, I got to see it a second time because I, I appreciated it. And there's lots of things I liked about it, but, you know, it's like The Master and yeah. all his other films. I have to see it a second time to fully absorb it. Yeah. And decide how you feel about it. Or... Yeah. Yeah. Does P.T. Anderson have a next project going yet? Uh, not that I know nothing, of. It. No. Because I, I do like that he's working a bit faster nowadays. Mm-hmm. Um, there was larger breaks in between his projects before. Now he seems to be rolling them out quicker. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So Inherent Vice. Uh, at Inherent Vice, I saw a trailer for The Babadook. Babadook. Oh, my God. Which I've seen. Whoa. Oh, you saw Babadook. Don't tell me anything. And it's really good. Okay. That's all I need to know. And that starts on, <laughs> uh, is it March 6th that we're premiering that? We'll it, have to talk about it after we get to see it. It looks terrifying. It, it looks mm-hmm. like a good old-fashioned... Like we should watch it. Friday together. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. So it's uh, even just the tr- my my girlfriend was sitting beside me and she was just like, nope, nope, not going to see that. And it is funny because I I, I love horror films. I grew up on horror films, um, but I have a friend of mine who who is very cowardly about horror films, and he cannot wrap his mind around why I would even watch them. 
And it's the same as a person who might not like roller coasters or, or that mm-hmm. kind of thing. And so it, I, I can understand his point of view. Like, like, why would I go and pay money to be terrified? But the genre always impresses me. Yeah, I agree with that. I, I guess I can sort of see both sides. Like, I can understand maybe not wanting to watch a bunch of gore. Yeah. Say, if you, but I don't, I don't know. Well, that's, I like being scared. That's what yeah. <laughs> that's what I take issue with. I have I have a problem with with most horror films in that they're just very cynical and lazy and kind of they're just about following trends. Like, oh, we'll do another torture porn film. We'll do another yeah. found footage film. And what's impressive about the Babadook is that it's a very straightforward kind of haunted house possession movie. But like The Exorcist, it's about you know real human characters and their own problems and it's you know it's it's moving and dramatic at the same time as being totally scary yeah and i think horror films like that are pretty rare yeah i think it seems creepy in the way that borgman was oh yeah we yeah i didn't see that one that was uh what was that like a horror film technically or like a dark fairy tale. Yeah, like a home invasion kind of thing. Yeah. That was like Did a Norwegian. I didn't film. see that one either. Okay, we don't have. You're to the only one. <laughs> we don't have to go there then, but it's worth it if you guys. I think it's funny. Is, is despite you would think we would just see everything at the Mayfair, but unfortunately, there's times either we're working at the exact same time, or if you're out of town for a couple of days or whatever. And I, that's my biggest thing is every once in a while I'll be like, I can't believe I missed blank and yeah. it was there. Sometimes I have so much stuff to do at work that. Yeah. I just peek in. <laughs> That's why sometimes I, I will like double bill things just because be like, well, Today's I'm, I'm here now. And if I wait three or four days, I'm afraid something else will come up and I'll miss it, you know? Yeah. But with, with, with horror films, I think at their best, it's something scary happening and nothing bad is happening to you. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of akin to the, the roller coaster where you're, you're safe despite your being terrified your, your, your lizard brain your instinct going don't do this yeah but then sometimes i find it can be really smart scripts really good acting really good showcase for the actors whether they're doing heroic things or 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 in a time of of danger or trouble and it's no different than than kind of um harrowing movies being popular or even like adventure action films like like your your indiana jones is scary to a point of view um but it's yeah. a different kind of scary. It's explosions yeah. and fear for your... I mean, it's fear for your life in a different way. I, I find that horror and comedy, although they're they're the opposite ends of the scale, because you've got, like, you know, adventure films and drama films and whatever in between there, they're the most akin to each other of a reaction. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I love... Mm-hmm. Like, if you see a... a even, like, when we, when we screened the interview, I got to see it on, like, the first Friday night we, we had it, with a pretty decent crowd and there was laughs and reaction and people mm-hmm. people clapped, clapped at the end yeah. while the credits rolled and Heron Vice got a good reaction on, yes. on yeah. Saturday night like yeah uh, people a lot of people were were laughing out loud like it, yeah. you know like any other comedy and i remember going to see a couple years ago went to right. see Blair Witch Project at the Mayfair yeah whoa and i hadn't seen it in forever like i saw it when it came out in 99 so so it it had been like whatever, 12 years or yeah. 13 years since I seen it. And I, I did a little introduction of the film and I just, there was probably maybe even like a hundred people there. And I said, who here hasn't seen the movie? And about 50 people put up their hands. And I was like, oh, this is great. 
And just sitting there, it was such a great, like, people were freaked out. People were screaming. People were jumping out of their seats. And uh, walked home. I only live about 20 minutes away from the Mayfair. And walked home afterwards. And my girlfriend and I were walking down the street. And an ambulance or something went by. And she jumped, like, four feet off the ground. Just because you're, you're, you're still on the edge of your seat. And it's really, I mean, I know... That's lit- sort of what I'm expecting from Babadook. Oh, Babadook, I, yeah. I Nightmares. think Nightmares. Yeah, not going to... And, and you can't... No matter what logic you have, if you're laying in bed and you're just about to fall asleep and you see something weird or, you, you, you know, you're going to be <laughs> freaked yeah. out. Uh, yeah, so I'm really looking forward to Babadook. And it's kind of a cool movie where it's it's a, a new filmmaker who's getting a lot of praise. Uh, she's won a good handful of awards from some of the, the, the geeky festivals around. And um, it's Australian, I believe. Uh-huh. And it's a, 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 a female filmmaker, which is always great because it's always so tough. You see, like, the statistics on women directing films is pretty minimal. Yeah. So it's great when one gets made, gets a lot of deserved praise. And especially when it's in a genre where the cliche might not be, um, you know, what... what uh, people unknowing to the film world might not think of as a woman's film. Yeah. Well, we're showing another horror film that I don't know if it was directed by a woman, but it's an Iranian Oh yeah. film about an Iranian woman. The yes. first Iranian the, vampire movie. Yeah, it's a black and white. It's produced by Vice. It's produced by Vice. Yeah. It's called A Girl Walks Home Alone at Midnight. And it's like, yeah, it's, a, it's this Iranian woman and she's a vampire. Yeah. Yeah. And it looks very, like, it's in black and white. Yeah, black and white looks very art house. Yeah. Actually, I think I saw those trailers back to back last night. Yes. And Babadook looks very, uh, like present day scary bedtime story. There's a kid in it, which is kind of a of a of a staple for horror films. It's like a yeah. moment of kid, and uh, Girl Walks Home Alone is yeah, it looks like something out of a art house '70s black and white style cinematography and everything like that. But it's getting crazy amounts of praise as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it seems like it has maybe a bit of a let me in. Yeah. Or let the right one in kind of feel. Yeah. 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 And then what else do we... Oh, we have... Uh, well, starting this Friday, we have, I guess, kind of a horror film, but it's really more of a thriller called Killers. Killers. From yeah. Indon... Indon- I think it's an Indonesian-Japanese co-production. And I didn't realize... It's the actor from... Who's the actor in it? It's a, Oh, from... Uh, yeah. What movie? Um, oh, Ichi the Killer? Ichi the Killer. Mm. Yeah. Which is an amazing movie. And I was reading a bit about the film, and it, it's... Um, yeah, by the produ- some of the producers of stuff like The Raid. The Raid, yeah. The Raid 2. And it, it's... I don't know what to call it. If it's like a cop genre, or kind of like cat a... Cat and mouse kind cat of thing. Mouse it's, it's a guy who's got a torture porn website. Yeah. And then there's uh, a vigilante who knows about him who wants to... Yeah. They, they're, like, one-upping each other in terms of killing it, or something. Like that. And it's funny what, what you know, this movie will not be for everyone, but it's funny to see on the heels of... There's a little bit of everything for Yeah. Him. Yeah, like, of, of Gone Girl, which is also a kind of a cat-and-mouse thriller, which we just screened. It's funny to see different similar genres from different parts of the world mm-hmm. and how those stories are put across and how emotions I've... are expressed completely differently in different cultures i find yeah it's really interesting and like i don't know how like you'll see something like killers and it might not play the same way here but i'm like i don't think something like gone girl might play the same 
in a different country because of the way that the characters act to each other, the way the family dynamics are. Yeah, it's like yeah. those um, those Pedro Almodovar movies that are yeah. very like operatic. Yeah. yeah, and they may be too dramatic for some people, but yeah, it, you know. I always think that when... Or even John Woo movies are like that. Yeah. They're almost like soap operas with a lot of gun battles in them. <laughs> Every once in a while, I think just the the logistics don't work out because of, of, of scheduling and because of the, the, the folks organizing it. But we'll do uh, host films for uh, like Bollywood-type films. Mm-hmm. That's every once in a while. And we've done a few that are like open to the public, but a lot of times it's like a private rental where you'll... You'll be a member of this club, you'll buy a ticket, then you get to come see the film. So I've been in the theater a couple times when those are playing. And I always imagine, like, these movies are are big popular movies with, with actors that everybody knows. Like, in India, like, these are superstars. And here, they're nothing. And I always imagine... They're nothing. They're nothing. <laughs> here, they're nothing. You're like this old agent. Like, <laughs> yeah. you got nothing in this town. One day, if you try really hard... Um, <laughs> And that always fascinates me because I wonder, like, some comedy movie that does really well here. Uh, I mean, that's not to say that there isn't a community that does come out when those things are organized. It oh, for sure. It definitely is, but it's not as publicized or anything. I yeah. mean, Hollywood is very much so, has its home here. Yeah. And, like, with the Bollywood films, it's it's they're so popular, but they're so different than anything here. Yeah. And what I love about them is, like, when you watch a movie here, when you watch Gone Girl you expect a certain type of genre. When you watch, like, like not just North American films, but but killers, you have a certain type of thing. Or when you watch um, something more like Slapstick, uh, an old Three Stooges movie, you expect a certain kind of violence or whatever. Or you watch a musical and somebody's singing. But you watch Bollywood, it's just all in there. Yeah, it's, it's a variety of genres in one movie. But there, you, aren't, aren't they, I guess they're not all musicals. I don't think so. But that's what they mainly seem to specialize in. And they're just they're just big and three hours long. I don't even know. Yeah, I guess it is a musical. They're and all like, like extravaganzas. Yeah. yeah. And it's just like, it's the There's most... There's a lot of music and dancing and emotion. Yeah. The most for your entertainment dollar. And it's like these gorgeous, beautiful women and these dumpy, average-looking <laughs> guys. <laughs> But I always, oh, there's sometimes the guys are handsome, but like a lot of the times, they're yeah, like, not even a tour. Yeah, or or but a lot of the times it's um and there, there were a lot of Italian movies like this in the '70s where it's these gorgeous women and then the the protagonist yeah. is like this like average looking like, who is just so persistent and will yeah. not give up. <laughs> well, I'm sure I'm sure it's the same people think about like Woody Allen films though. So North yeah. America is yeah. guilty of the same yep absolutely same stuff. <laughs> yeah, but. Um, yeah, we have... Okay, so we have that coming up. Oh, the, the, the big... Finally, hopefully by the time you're listening to this, if you listen to it soon after we record it, is we have Birdman starting yeah. this Friday, which... Um, highly anticipated. Highly anticipated. And hopefully nobody got too tired of watching the trailer for the past month or so. I've seen that trailer a lot. did come up to me on Friday. She looked at me and she said, you guys going to be playing that soon? Because I've seen the trailer quite a few times now. And I was like, you're right. I, we have played know. that trailer a lot. Which is nice. Which is, that, which is a good thing. That means, yeah, that means, absolutely. That means people have been coming a lot. She's excited to see it. Yeah. She's just like, come on, guys. I could come probably out. like one man show the trailer. I could just <laughs> I could just repeat it in the front of the audience. Uh, but I, So I... I love Michael Keaton. I'm, I'm, mm-hmm. it's, it's, whenever it's something like it's a big, big genre character, like a character who's been around forever. Um, so people say like, 
Um, in television, people say like, oh, my Doctor Who is this guy. Or in film, they'll say, my James Bond is this guy. So for me, um, my Batman is Michael Keaton. Yeah. I was like, I was the... It's ex- not Ben Affleck? No, not yet. <laughs> not yet. <laughs> I'll, give ben, I'll give Ben a chance, but uh, uh, I was the exact right age. I was a kid. And, and it's so funny because I, I feel like a thousand years old. But when, when Batman came out, there was no internet or chat rooms or IMDb or podcasts about movies or anything. But nonetheless, nerds were still furious that Michael Keaton had been cast in Batman. Mr. Mom. Mr. Mom was being cast in Batman. And even when I was like a little kid, I I was upset. I remember being like, no, this isn't right. Who's this guy? He, he can't be, be Batman. And I don't know who we wanted to be Batman, but... You know, eighty nine, I... like some somebody who was more of an action star, I guess. Somebody you know more traditionally square jawed, handsome, maybe. Adam West. Adam West. <laughs> oh yeah, I don't know who was going to be Batman. Alec Baldwin. I don't know. I don't know who would have been a more traditional choice back then. Um, but I went to see the movie. I saw it uh, here in Ottawa on like the Friday night. Bird, I saw it... Birdman. Oh no, yeah. sorry, uh, uh, Batman. Batman. <laughs> at the now extinct Gloucester Five Cinemas, and. The opening scene with Michael Keaton comes down as Batman. And the movie, we screened it recently in honor of Batman's 75th birthday. And it's it's a flawed movie to be sure. But there's a difference between, you know, what people would consider like a great movie like Citizen Kane and just a movie you love. And I love Batman 1989. And it's, it's just before kind of CG kicked in. So it mm-hmm. feels old. Like it's all practical sets and practical like stuntmen and... Uh, inexplicably has Prince music in it, and, and I love it. So it is, of course, Michael Keaton being cast in Birdman is an interesting choice that he decided to do that because it's akin to him having been Batman mm-hmm. decades ago. Yeah. And I'm sure if it would have gone horribly wrong, it would have looked weird for him to kind of be, I don't know, riding the Batman coattails in that sense, but it's all gone right. The movie's done uh you know winning many awards nominated for more uh it's nominated for a number of awards at the upcoming oscars which is only a few weeks away um but it looks i've just heard nothing but good things about it i haven't heard any negativity about birdman um it's got a great cast and i I think it's um a big breakthrough from the filmmakers involved and so yeah so i'm I'm dying to see it it's from the director of babel and is it 21 grams? Yes. And, yeah. So. A couple of other kind of heavy yeah. films. Um, but it's, people say it's Michael Keane's big comeback movie. And I'm like, but he didn't go anywhere. Because he's kind of, he's more of a character actor. He came here a couple of years ago. He, he did. Was on, he was he on did. Somerset. It was really exciting. Yeah, he did shoot a movie here. <laughs> Not too far from here. Man, I wish he would have come to the Mayfair. That would have been cool. Yeah. But he's been, in past few years, he's been in... Uh, movies like uh, well the Robocop remake or the other guys he did some voice he's stuff he's really funny in the other guys yeah he did some voice stuff for Pixar but this is kind of his first maybe like kind of central starring Academy Award nominated role mm-hmm. in that sense of comeback um, but yeah so a lot of anticipation for that looking very much forward to that and, and now it looks like in past years we were kind of it's always luck of the draw like some people say when are you getting this film and it, it there's so many different variables one being that we have one screen to play with, uh, and then it just depends on the distributor what they'll give us. But we we seem to have lucked out of we're we're getting the Oscar nominated films 
in Oscar season. In Oscar time, yeah. We don't have to wait as long as we used to. Yeah, which is nice because it's they're they're in the public eye. There's a lot of publicity out there. And we have two Oscar nominated films this weekend. Yes. Birdman and Mr. Turner. Mm-hmm. Yeah. With um Timothy Spall. Yeah. About and, the painter. And I and, and it's funny this weekend. If any we we had a couple customers uh, triple bill it up last weekend. Yeah, a couple of our favorites, Brad and Anne. Yeah. And and uh, another of our patrons did, and kind of she updated her progress throughout on the intermissions on Twitter. Yeah, she, she was t- she was tweeting her uh, <laughs> tweeting little reviews, which were pretty cool. And I replied to her um, after we figured out after uh, Lee sent us this week's movies, and I was like, "Oh, here's time for another triple bill: Birdman, Mr. Turner, and The Killers." And Birdman's two hours, Mr. Turner is like two and a half mm-hmm. hours, I think. And I was like, "I'm looking at you. Time to another triple bill." <laughs> Yeah, but if, if somebody does this one, it'll be even more impressive because it's like two, two and a half hours each film. But uh, it's nice to have another bitch at at bitchlit blog on Twitter. Christine, she was she was the one doing uh, the triple bill. Yeah. What? Yeah. What movies was it again? She did Inherent Vice, Wild, and uh, Big Eyes. Yes. Yeah. I. What day was it? I searched her, her first popcorn. Yeah. Yeah. It was like <laughs> I think it was Sunday last Sunday. Yeah. That's a pretty good triple bill. Yeah. And, and, and I think everything we're going to have for the next little while, like, nothing is for sure. Like, all the, like you know, I, I don't expect people to know the, the secrets of the behind the scenes of a movie theater in the same way that I don't know what the hell happens at a restaurant or, or anything bank. like that. A bank. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what. Or a, or a magic show. Yeah. Or like. <laughs> behind the curtain. Or people who work for our business in business. I don't even know what they do. They put what on a happens, suit. They go yeah, to an, what yeah. happens in an office. I don't know. Mm-hmm. You sit. Right. You sit at a desk and you do business things and you wear a tie. Type, type, type. You type. <laughs> I, I, you have a hat like in Mad Men. I think. I don't know. But so so I, I drink never, scotch at work. Yes, I think so. <laughs> I, I I don't. I'm never upset when people don't know. But but the always kind of pleasant frustration is people are like, oh, why don't you have this? And there's various factors. But it seems now like in the next little while. The movies that are circling us are all the Oscar-type films. So hopefully in the next few weeks it'll be a lot more of that. But then sometimes just stuff pops up in the 11th hour. The movies that are circling us. The movies that Lee's asking for. Yeah, <laughs> that we're begging for. Or please there's, let us have it. There's one coming up that looks really strange. Mm-hmm. Another premiere called R100 from Japan. Yeah. That starts on February 13th. This is um, There's two quotes that we have. Yeah. One is from IndieWire. And I love this quote, like Fight Club directed by Louise Bunuel. Nice. Right. Yeah. And then we have another one from uh, Sasha Gray. Yeah. From uh, Friend of the Theater. From, Friend of the Theater. Uh, Smash Cut. Smash Cut and the Girlfriend Experience. Yeah. Former, former adult star Sasha Gray. What did she say? I think I have it here. Yeah, it was there. She saw, I think she saw it at Sundance. and awesome. Yeah, she yeah. saw it at Sundance, I think. I know she, she said liked it. it. She had high good. praise for it. Yeah. Yeah. She said it was like, um, yeah, like strange and... Yeah. The most strange, poetic. Yeah. You, you could find the quote both on our Twitter and Facebook. We're not looking at it right now, but she basically had high praise for it. Yeah. And I, I, I admit I only learned of... This. And she knows what she's talking about. Yeah. Like she's the right person who endorsed... This. Yeah. This is like a, like a sex comedy about S&M. Yeah. And I, and I admit in this one, it's not anything that was on my radar... Uh, Lee grabbed a hold of this one. I, I, if I remember correctly, I think it's an Alamo Draft House film. I think it's a Draft House, di- and they put out great stuff. Yeah, and we we've we've been on a good roll of just getting a whole bunch of their stuff the past few months or year or so. But it, um, 
I was reading a bit about it, and it's it's the quote I'm, par- I'm paraphrasing from this article was that imagine Jerry Seinfeld at like the peak of his popularity, but his show lasted for thirty years, and that's the guy who's starring in this film. Yeah. So mix that with a film that's rather weird and like a a sex farce, a weird Asian sex farce, and that's what this movie is. So you're saying they should remake this film? Yes. Starring Jerry Seinfeld? Starring Jerry Seinfeld. (laughs) (laughs) Who are these people? (laughs) It'll be humongous. The trailer for this movie is really cool. Even just the still shots I've seen are all like, like badass looking cool looking badass women in kind of like women kicking guy like whipping guys and yeah like, in the face and yeah. with their boots or something yeah and the and the the poster I, I mocked up the poster with our little premiere tag the other day and it's like four or five women of various sizes and looks all but in a similar kind of s&m garb and uh oh that's charlie's their, angels of s&m kind of yeah charlie, the charlie's <laughs> angels of s&m but it's called R100 as a... Which sounds like an auto racing yeah, movie. Yeah, like a robot or something. Sounds like a Vin Diesel movie. Yeah, R100. But it's because it's their rating system. So it, oh. it's... it's R, They call like R18. Oh yeah, it's like uh, not recommended for anyone under 100. Yeah, so it's kind of just basically playing up of saying like, That's this funny. is so weird movie, even if you're an adult, you should have come see it. That's It's rated R100. I have okay. Sasha Gray's quote Okay. Uh, Go see R100, the most beautiful, strange questionable poetic hilarious original film i've seen in a very long time so that's cool. strong awesome. praise thank you for looking that up. yeah <laughs> yeah and, and again i think i've said this before but i always like that uh questionable that's 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 yeah. interesting yeah and that when, when is that coming that's uh february uh i think almost in time for valentine's day there you go yeah. february 13th cool yeah. very so, co- the day before our sexy so film boom. painted painted lips sexy film festival is yeah. on the 14th and we are looking for content for that short erotic films so yeah you can still if you're listening to this before valentine's day 2015 i have a couple of friends who are going to submit yeah i don't know if they um have done that yet but they probably ten, should 10 we're looking for 10 minute short films uh they can be you know uh funny romantic erotic they pornographic re- <laughs> yeah they, they really run the gamut of, of in the past few years of, of being you know, some something cute and fluffy romantic to, you know, full blown I don't know how X rated. Yeah. yeah like, like, <laughs> I've had some first experience. There's something for, for every everybody. Every lack of taste. There's, every, <laughs> there's some stuff I, I can't take back that I've seen now. Every well you made one. Of... Yeah. And, and I made one. Yeah. I, I have an idea for one, but I just didn't again I didn't get to do it this year. I might do it as a comic book first and then adapt it, but yeah, we both we both done a couple. Blue is the warmest color. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, well, it's always great though. So now, so if you're local, if you're here in Ottawa, you can physically come and drop off a USB stick or whatever. Uh, what I found when kind of working on these short film fests, it's it's just so easy now to get the content into your hands via Dropbox or Vimeo or whatever. Mm-hmm. So you don't got to worry about. Just basically send us send send uh, Lee a link. If you if you look on our website, you can find all the emails and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Our address, if you happen to be out of town and want to send us a physical copy. But it's great nowadays for these short film fests because I just imagine like the short film fest in the age of of film, where you know you can still do your film, but you'd have to physically send in your film. Which costs money. Whether that be sixteen millimeter or VHS tape. 
Whereas now you can have, um, you know, send somebody a code to your Vimeo account and download a really nice high quality image via or video via that. So it just it just made it much easier to kind of collect up everything. Yeah. And I know like the, the last painted lips, there was stuff from really far away. Like there there mm. was stuff from from like Australia, Australia, I believe, yeah. a British one, I think. And it, but then like some some local ones as well, which is cool. It's always nice to. I, I joke that it's always nice to showcase local films because it means the local filmmaker will come and bring the family cast and, and crew and family yeah. and friends. So that's nice. But it is, I know, like, I've, I've my, my little, you know, Grinch heart has, has, has swelled up two times, two big couple times when a local filmmaker has just talked about how amazing it was to see their, <laughs> their stuff on the big screen. Yeah. We have doggies playing in the back. Doggies playing in the background. <laughs> And I should mention uh, the deadline for your short film is Sunday, February 8th. So a week before the fest? Yeah. yeah. So that'll give Lee some time to go through the submissions and make sure everything sounds good in case your sound doesn't work well on your submission or anything mm-hmm. like that. But And who, who's... Because we've always had oh, somebody uh, judging it, either an adult film star or... Miss, Miss Casey Marie, a pin-up, famed pinup model. So yeah, so we have like a... A... Miss Miss Casey Miss Casey Marie dot com, uh, K A C I E, and, and a couple of people have asked if we're showing anything, what we're showing for Valentine's Day, besides for the painted lips stuff, um, and the oddest question at this moment is I don't know, um, but what I always like about anti Valentine's Day movie <laughs> yeah like but what I always think is funny is like and and like so don't quote me on this this is not what we're screening for sure or anything. But in the past, we've had something like, you know, Painted Lips will be the 9 o'clock show, and the 7 o'clock show was like Amelie or Annie Hall. So if you're, depending on... if Harold and Maude. Harold and Maude. Oh, Harold and Maude's great. But if you're, if you're, you know, not quite into the short erotic film fest, you can still join us for Valentine's Day to see something more traditional, maybe. After one uh, sexy film festival, the late show was Takeshi Miike's audition. Yes, nice. which is a very anti Valentine's yeah. Day movie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we'll see. Well, I'm sure we'll have we'll have something else. Uh, but it, it's always fun. Like my, my favorite Mayfair stuff. I don't think I told this story in in the couple of podcasts we've done. Is a few years back, the seven o'clock show was that Meryl Streep, Alec Baldwin kind of middle aged romantic comedy, where it was. Um, kind of a love triangle between Meryl Streep, Steve Martin, and Alec Baldwin. Mm-hmm. Mm. So that was the 7 o'clock one. Forget the title. Uh, it's, and co- it, it's complicated. It's complicated. <laughs> yeah, there you go. And the, and the 9 o'clock movie was a full-on, crazy, body modification, punk rock documentary. So For the whole family. For the whole family. <laughs> and it was a movie that, like, I'm, I'm pretty desensitized to media. And there was some stuff in that documentary that just... I couldn't. I, I never actually sat and watched you it fully. I admit. Yeah, like I was that just was graphic sexual horror. Was that what I think what so? It was yeah, if I remember correctly. And there was stuff of like, you know, folks being hung up on chains and that that kind of stuff in the documentary. And I was working one of the nights, and I just loved seeing. Uh, we did very well with both shows. So say there was like, 150 people leaving the Meryl Streep romantic movie. Mm-hmm. In line outside, because uh, we don't have a lobby or anything, so in line outside were 150 or 200 uh, punk rock folks. And, and not like, you know, somebody with 
you know, black hair and a Ramon shirt, like like mohawks and face piercings and head skin tattoos grafts and skin and... grafts and everything. And I just love that dynamic of of the sixty year old grandparently couple walking past the twenty five year old couple with face piercings and mohawks coming to the same place to watch movies and that we can coexist like that yeah. and kind of appeal to two very different crowds. And they both appreciate the space in the same way. Yeah. <laughs> and it's very rare that we get anybody in any business, whether you're a shoe store or a pet shop or a movie theater, someone complains about something. But we seem pretty good about people realizing that, oh yeah, you're showing that you know R100 movie and that's not my thing. And vice versa, somebody who likes R100 might not go see the family matinee that we're showing. And we get complaints from from some older, more sensitive folks that we show too many horror films. Yeah, well, we, we did do... for a while, and then. But yeah, but but we never get it the other way around. Like you're showing too many romantic comedies. <laughs> yeah, stop too much it. Mel Street guys. You're showing too many documentaries <laughs> about how our world is screwed. <laughs> that was that was our motto at the May for a while. Unless your documentary is going to depress the hell out of you and make you think that we're extinct as a species. We're not going to show it. <laughs> there, there was a run, and it was all good stuff, but there was a run where, and it, again, it's just happenstance of what the distributors have and what's coming out, but I just remembered it was like a The Bees Are All Gonna Die movie, and it was a Recycling's Not Gonna Do Anything movie, and then it was like Politicians Are Out To Get You movie, and it was just, and I watched like five and eight weeks, and our projectionist walked down, we kind of made eye contact, and we're just like, I give up. Did you like hole up at home for a month after yeah. that? Yeah. Can we show a nice documentary? <laughs> We show a nice, nice Pixar movie instead, maybe. <laughs> and then we played Lego for a month. No, I'm kidding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, so that's. Uh, but I, I, then we're talking about all these, these award type films. The Oscars, I kind of forgot, but the Oscars are very soon now. They are soon, yeah. We are in preparations with Saw Video for our uh, special occasion permit. They yeah, because we sponsor our liquor license, and we have champagne and beer and stuff. Exactly. Yeah, and they. Uh, they keep the money from that. Um, so uh, we're going to be picking that up this week and, and then uh, getting all the alcohol organized and the prizes and stuff like that for the the event itself. Mm-hmm. And I think it'll be like in, in past years. So we, we did our experiment with the Golden Globes recently and it went well and uh, sold a lot of memberships and had a good turnout and I think everyone had a good time. I didn't expect it to be as packed as the Oscars just because even just in the general populace, it's not it something... It's our first go. Yeah, and it's not something that gets the play that the Oscars get. It's popular, but not like... The Oscars is just overwhelming. It's a big deal. Every, yeah, people have Oscars parties at home and stuff like that. You hear about them. Yeah, I, and I find people who don't know anything about movies, people who haven't seen any of the, the, the nominees, will still be interested in the Oscars. It's like the playoffs. Which is weird. Yeah, it is. It is. Well, they like that. They like you know. It's also a fashion show, and they also they like the spectacle of it. Yeah, yeah and who's but there with you? If you're not watching, if you don't see any of the movies, it's not really that fun to watch, in my opinion. Yeah, but there always is. People yeah, I mean, who... it make it's more fun to like see all the movies and. Yeah, and and so we'll be doing like in previous years where we'll have uh, ballots where you can, uh, before the show starts, fill out the ballots, and whoever gets the most right will win some cool prizes and we'll probably have a handful of other prizes to give away uh throughout the thing um so yeah so that's coming up we'll keep people posted about that uh but i think we're gonna wrap this up soon i think we're 
trying to keep a eye on the clock and not have this go for like a four-hour marathon. Mm-hmm. There are some good four-hour podcasts out there. Yeah, but we'll, we'll keep this a little bit more limited so people can listen to these as we put them out once a week or so. Um, and we should also mention Rocky Horror is this weekend. Rocky oh, Horror is. is this weekend. Saturday, uh, January 31st, 1130. Uh, Come make a big mess for me to clean up. Yeah. and uh, Oh, and leave the rice at home. And uh, <laughs> bring the cards and the toast and all that. But and Yeah, it, and I think it, the Shadowcast is doing a switch up this week. Oh. So the, like, they won't be playing their regular characters. Oh yeah, they do that a lot. We have we have a shadow cast, the absent friend shadow cast, who mm-hmm. act out uh, all the roles and do all the shoutouts and stuff like that. Yeah, in front of the over screen. Over the course of the film. So it's inter- it's an interactive experience. So if you miss that this time, it'll be back again very soon. I'm sure we do we do it about once a month. So so and it's always worth coming out to see. It's it's quite the spectacle, especially with the live so performers. Fun. But, uh, yeah, so thanks for tuning in again. Uh, this has been fun. We're looking forward to keeping on doing these. Uh, and thank you for listening. We got yeah. a lot of yeah, we got a lot, a lot of hits on the first episode, so we may be on to something here. So we, we, we got also some mail. We got hundreds yeah. of more hits than I expected. I thought it might be three. and and we got one and, of them being your mom. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, Good and, job. And uh, I won't go into it because I'm, I'm happy about it, and I don't I won't name names, but we got a negative response. And, and I'm not trying to be snarky, but it really made me happy because it made me feel really a part of the podcast community to get a big, long, negative email about it. Uh, yeah, thanks for listening. You've yeah, just listen. You. If, if that's you, if you're listening, thank you for the angry email. Hopefully you'll like the next one better. And uh, uh, yeah, uh, send, us, send us questions and comments always. Yes. At, uh, at our Twitter, at Mayfair, or on our Facebook page, or... Um, or directly at the theater. Yeah, come Just say hi at the don't, theater. Don't, you know, throw things too hard at us <laughs> if you're angry. <laughs> Only nice things in person. Uh, okay, I guess that's it. Uh, thanks, everybody. We'll see you at the Mayfair soon. Yes, see you Bye. at the movies. Get more out of life. Go out to a movie.